Are you a veterinary nurse looking to take your career to the next level? If so, you won't want to miss today's episode. In this, the first of two episodes, we sit down with Jade Pengelly, a veterinary nurse and published author whose book, Tales of a Vet Nurse, is a must-read for anyone in the field. Jade is on a mission to help veterinary nurses gain the recognition they deserve, both with the public and in clinic. Join me as I dive into Jade's journey, the inspiration behind her book, and her mission to help vet nurses find greater job satisfaction, and why she describes herself as one of those people that vet nurses love to hate. You're listening to Paws, Claws and Wet Noses, the vet podcast celebrating all creatures great and small and their fantabulous professionals who look after them all. Paws, Claws, Wet Noses is powered by Vet Staff, New Zealand's only specialist recruitment agency dedicated to helping veterinary professionals find jobs they're excited about going to on Monday mornings. Vetstaff.co.nz Welcome to episode 133. I'm your show host, Julie South. Jade Pengelly is a veterinary nurse and a practice manager in Christchurch, New Zealand, who's also the author of... Tales of a Vet Nurse, published by HarperCollins. Jade has worked in a number of practices in the UK and New Zealand. She describes herself as lucky. I don't think luck plays that big a part in Jade's life. I think it's down to her hard work and her determination, as you'll hear. One of those lucky things in her life is being, according to Jade, is being lucky enough to teach veterinary nursing at Wintech in the Waikato for two years, from 2020 to 2022, before making the move back to Canterbury in 2022. Jade has a Bachelor of Science, majoring in Animal Sciences and minoring in Equine, as well as a Diploma in Veterinary Nursing. She recently took on the exciting role of veterinary practice manager in a Christchurch clinic and is loving the new direction she's been able to take her life and her vet nursing skills. When Jade's not working, she's in her happy place with her two lovely horses, a quarter horse cross and a station bred. She also shares four dogs with her husband, as well as regularly fostering cats and kittens through the SPCA. Tales of a Vet Nurse is published by HarperCollins. It's 270 pages of wonderful, easy reading and is available in Kindle format as well as at all major booksellers in New Zealand. For international listeners, you can also purchase on Amazon. As always, I'll put links to the book on the show notes page so you can find out how you can get your copy. We kick off this episode where I ask Jade what her objectives are for our chat about the book. I think most people touch on like, oh, why did you decide to write a book and tell us some of your best stories? But I'd really like to get into the nitty gritty of 
the lack of awareness around what vet nurses do, the lack of recognition that vet nurses have, how they're still paid very poorly, you know, the amazing skills that they have. I really want to try and make it like very empowering around vet nurses and the recognition that vet nurses deserve. And that sounds good to me because I would like nurses to be empowered. Let's start with the book. You've alluded a little bit in the book, but I would like to know, when did you know you wanted to be a vet nurse? What was the defining moment? I think for me, the first time that I knew I wanted to be a vet nurse was actually when I worked alongside them and saw firstly what they did, but also how important they were in the day-to-day running of a vet clinic um, and how they really make everything tick um, and seeing that the the amazing skills that they have, the experience that they bring to the animal, um, how they can make an animal's experience better, especially if they are in the hospital for a long period of time. I think before that I'd only really focused on what a vet does um, In media and entertainment, when you see a vet clinic, it's very heavily focused around what a vet does. And vets are the ones that fix animals. And I have so much love and respect for vets, but I feel like we can also love and respect nurses as well. And I would love to see more vet nurses shown in mainstream media and entertainment. Because you originally wanted to be a vet. I did. I say I'm one of those people that vet nurses love to hate because I originally wanted to be a vet and I was that classic stereotype of, when are you going to go to vet school then? I actually originally trained to be a journalist in the beginning and then it was only during my journalism studies I happened to be working at a boarding kennels with dogs and cats and I really loved when we had dogs that came in that uh, had medical problems and I had a friend who had decided she was going to vet school so I feel like I more jumped on the bandwagon with her and that I would have to move to Palmerston North to go to vet school. I would have a friend I was doing it with and I just didn't know what a vet nurse did so I felt like vet was the only option for me. So it wasn't really until I started doing some work experience as part of that pre-vet placement that I saw what a vet nurse did. And it kind of tied in for me in that I didn't get into vet school around the same time that I was learning more about vet nurses did. So I guess it was almost like the universe's way of showing me that you're not meant to be a vet. You're meant to be a vet nurse. And I don't regret it at all for a second. What adaptation did you have to go through with the disappointment of not getting into, because that that's a sign, life according to Julie, that that's a sign of the grit that you need to have as a veterinary professional, whether it's as a nurse or a vet. So how did you get yourself out of that? I'm not going to lie, it wasn't sunshine and roses. I definitely had a good month of two or of just feeling sorry for myself. I shed a lot of tears. I would put a lot of hard work into trying to get into vet school. I had more than one attempt. I felt like I'd given up my life to do this. But I felt like after I'd allowed myself to feel sad, it was time to set the next goal, reassess life see what I could do it felt like things were falling into place with nursing anyway there was the ability to change my study around and and do a degree and then go into vet nursing do a vet nursing diploma so 
I guess it was in part my personality, having really good people surrounding me who encouraged me and let me have that period of sadness, but also gave me a lot of encouragement. I do feel like resilience is great to have, but your support system is so important as well. And a lot of that for me was luck and having a really good support system. Let's talk about the book, because that's how we first started this podcast discussion. Everybody is going to ask you, why did you want to write a book? Was it the journalist inside you? A little bit, yes. I suppose being someone who's always enjoyed writing, maybe there was a glimmer of a childhood dream to write a book, but I feel like it was probably more my frustrations being a vet nurse and dealing with the public and just them never really being aware of how much we did or the constant asking, you know, do you want to be a vet next? It's It just felt to me like being a vet nurse was never enough and wasn't represented enough. And I felt like I had too much in my brain that I needed to share with the world. And part of that was I really just want the public to know what vet nurses do so that when they come into the vet clinic with the animals that they see a vet nurse and they have an appreciation of like your skills are really vital to the running of this practice and I know now how much you do for my pet so that was just something I had a very strong desire for and I think that coupled with first lockdown in 2020 having periods of boredom and actually having some space to write was it just seemed like the perfect time to do it. you included lots and lots of stories did you have to was it hard coming up with the list of the years of experience that you've got and all the different stories that you've got I think it was actually harder going from having my original list to what should be in the book I could write another book and a half probably with the stories that I've got written down I I would keep it on my phone and as I would think of something that really impacted me and passing I'd, I'd write it down so yeah I think for me it was harder to try and work out what stories would have the biggest impact and also truly represent what goes on in a vet practice as well I didn't want it to be too only having dramatic stories I think I wanted to show the day to day as well You've gone through traditional publishing. You have a publisher here, Harper and Collins. How easy was that to secure? I think it was an extreme stroke of luck, personally, that I was able to go through traditional publishing. What I did was I I had two chapters of the book written and I contacted a a big list of publishers in New Zealand and HarperCollins were the only publisher that came back to me and said, we really like this. We think there's something in this. Uh, We don't have any stories that are written by vet nurses. So we see the gap that this could fill. And I just really appreciate that they saw the vision that I had. When you first started it, did you have visions of using the traditional publisher route or did you think that you would go the self-publish I think initially I thought it would be a self-publish when I first started writing things down. But the more that I looked into 
writing a book, I thought traditional publishing would be the best way to go, uh, particularly as someone who was writing while also holding down a full-time job. Self-publishing is all about marketing and promotion and the benefit of having a publisher is that they do assist you with marketing and promotion. I knew I wouldn't have the time that I would need to do the marketing justice. So I think traditional publishing was always going to be the best way to get this book and the message out there. What surprises have you had while you've been writing and now that it's on the bookshelves? Apart um, from your much pinch it, yourself moment the other day. Probably during the writing process, how much it felt like I was back at university writing a big assignment. It takes a lot of dedication to sit down after a full day at work and, and make sure you're getting the words on paper. I think also just the what goes into the publishing process I had such a large team of people helping me with this book and it wouldn't be what it was without each of those people so I think I thought it would be a very insular process but not so much and then just seeing your book in person for the first time the imposter syndrome that we feel we feel as veterinary professionals on a daily basis, that is heightened for me by a hundred. I, I feel like such an imposter having a having a book on the shelf. And I think that surprised me because I thought the worst imposter syndrome I would ever have would be working in a vet clinic. Let's just explore that imposter a bit from a different angle. When you first told people you were going to write a book. Did you tell people or did you keep it a secret until it was published? I told friends and family. I kept it a secret from a lot of my colleagues and I don't entirely know why. I just feel like maybe as a veterinary professional, everyone has a good story to tell and I felt a little bit like, why is it me who gets to deserve to tell my story? So maybe felt like it was easier to tell friends and family who weren't in the veterinary industry because they were just excited about the fact that there was a book. But all of my colleagues have been so supportive of me and so excited. So in hindsight, perhaps I should have just owned it a little bit more. How did you tell them? What was? How did you just happen to drop it into the conversation at work that, oh, by the way, my book's now been published? I think a lot of my colleagues probably saw it on social media and there was a little bit of, oh, hey, by the way, I'm actually bringing a book out in a couple of months. So I should probably give you guys the heads up because there potentially might be some stories that you're in. And the response? All really good. Everyone was just very excited and, and very happy for me. Yeah, such a great response. Super, super supportive. Your book contains stories large animals, well, horses, large animals, yep. through to a tortoise with a a splint, was it? A plaster cast? Yes, he had a prosthetic leg made out of putty glue that hardened. When you first saw that happening, what were your thoughts? This is very bizarre, but also this is very typical of the vet that I'm working with because he is such a creative vet and can always find a solution to any problem. And you had a dog go missing? You had to yes, find? Yes. yes. Um, How did that feel? That was really like the that awful feeling you get in your stomach when something really bad has happened. I just felt like that the whole time. 
it was hard for me because I was actually nursing. I was on a late shift that was finishing at midnight and I was nursing an intensive care patient at the time who was very, very unwell. So I couldn't leave that patient's side. So I very much felt torn in half in that, you know, a patient going missing from the vet clinic is any veterinary professional's worst nightmare, wanting to be out and helping. But I guess I needed to stay at the clinic anyway in case the dog came back, but also knowing that I needed to dedicate my time to this patient who was very, very unwell. So, so, so glad that we found the dog, didn't get hit by a car and was safe and well. And actually, I I do say in my book as well, he showed his parents how well he could slip out of multiple leads and collars because when they next brought him back to the vet clinic for a follow-up consult, he actually got out of his lead and harness that they had and ran the whole way home. So. That was a little moment of justice, actually, just seeing like, we tried our best, but your dog is a real Houdini. You have a story in there of, my words, not yours, a high society fur baby whose parents had lots and lots of money but didn't really do what they were. Was it diabetic? Yes, diabetic cat. That was probably one of my most memorable cases and most difficult, I think. We had a little, for context, we had a little cat that had diabetes and unfortunately his owner was not managing that particularly well and was spending time out and about socialising at night when the cat needed insulin so he wasn't receiving his insulin and he repeatedly kept going into diabetic crisis. I think it can be really difficult in those cases when you know what's best for the animal but you need owner compliance and it wasn't that she didn't have the money because she did. You know, she spent probably thousands of pounds actually hospitalising this cat every time he went into a crisis but just didn't. I don't know if it was ignorance or if she just didn't care enough if there were things that were more important in her life. But that was very difficult because I think ideally we would have asked for her to have surrendered the cat in an ideal world so that we could take care of him. But it's respecting the the owner's wishes, I suppose, as well to a certain extent. So I think emotionally for the whole team, it was quite a difficult case to deal with. You've mentioned a few times, well, I picked up a few times, where you you knew that you were in doing the right thing, that you were in the right profession for Jade. Yeah. Do you have moments like that daily as a vet nurse? Yes, I often... I have a personality that, you know, I I have a challenge that I set for myself and then I do that challenge and then I need a new challenge. So I do tend to find that, you know, I've worked as a locum or I work in a job for a couple of years and then I need a new challenge. So I tend to find myself if I'm coming up to that time where I'm thinking it's time for a new challenge and I'm looking at job postings, occasionally I'll go, should I be looking outside of the veterinary industry? And I might scroll through to see what other jobs are out there and just immediately always come back with a no, it's not for me. I need to work. Not even with animals. I need to work in a veterinary profession. It's just it's just me and I don't personally see myself ever stepping outside of that veterinary professional zone I just feel like it is my entire being almost working in a veterinary sense with animals as a vet nurse. What's your biggest win or moment of pride now that the book is out and I asked you this in a different way just now it's on the shelves you've had your pinch me moment what does that feel like to look back and it's, forget the imposter? 
I'm not I'm not decrying the imposter, but what's it like to be an author, a published author? It's really exciting. It's such a huge sense of achievement. I know that not everyone, you know, gets wants to or gets to be an author. It's a real achievement. And I do feel incredibly special and lucky to have a book with my name on the front cover. In bookshelves, you know, on bookshelves as well, I know that a lot of people self-publish now or, or just stick to online publishing and to actually see it in bookstores is so exciting. It makes me want to write more books as well. It's definitely something that's really motivating and I'm just so excited for the public to read about vet nurses. It would have been a challenge. You've said it was a challenge. You had to come home after a long day in clinic and then sit down and bash out some words. What did you discover or learn about yourself during that time? I think I had always thought of myself as a real procrastinator or someone who like couldn't set myself to a task and I think I really proved myself wrong actually I am very good at setting myself a task and sitting down and getting something done even on the days where I felt like I'd written nothing I would look back at my word count and I would have one to two thousand words so I think just learning to believe in myself a little bit more I also actually found if I had like a really challenging case at work or even sometimes a traumatic day it would really inspire me to write and and get my feelings down onto paper so sometimes almost the more difficult days were the basis of more inspiration than the days that maybe were more just day-to-day at work. How long did it take to write? I originally started writing the book during the first lockdown. So probably April, May 2020, I did a few months of writing and then shelved it for a while. Uh, Once I had my contract through from the publisher, I had three months uh, to sit down and write the book. And then I needed to send it on to HarperCollins writer slash editor. So I had a writer who helped me out quite a lot. She changed a lot around in the book for me, made it really attention grabbing. Again, it wouldn't be the book it is without her. And then she edited the whole book for me as well. So that was probably, I think about six months from start to finish and her and I working on on the book together. And, and when you got the acceptance letter from HarperCollins, when you'd had a whole bunch of no, 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 or you hadn't heard back, what did that feel like? Just absolute elation. There was a moment of disbelief when I looked at the the email that said HarperCollins and I would love to explore this, but also just, oh my God, this is going this can be a reality. Like my my dream could become a reality. So just enormous excitement. Thank you for listening. I hope after listening to Jade today, you want to read your own copy of Tales of a Vet Nurse. Tune back in next week where Jade talks about what vet nurses can do to get more job satisfaction and where she thinks changes need to be made for this to happen for more vet nurses. And now changing the subject ever so slightly to quality of life at work. If you haven't done so, please check out the bite-sized videos that we've created entitled Revive Your Drive. Each is about two minutes long. You can find these at vetclinic.com jobs.com 
forward slash resources and therefore the Mental Health Awareness Month of May. But you can listen to them, whether you're an employer or an employee, at any time of the year. Thank you for tuning in. This is Julie South signing off and inviting you to go out there and be the most fantabulous version of you you can be. Kia kaha, ka kiti anō, God bless. Paws, claws and wet noses is sponsored by Vet Staff. If you've never heard of Vet Staff, it's New Zealand's only full-service recruitment agency, 100% dedicated to the veterinary sector. Vet Staff has been around since 2015 and works nationwide, from Cape Reinga to the Bluff and everywhere in between. As well as helping Kiwis, Vet Staff also helps overseas qualified veterinarians find work in Aotearoa, New Zealand. Vetstaff.co.nz